Hey, Lexi, this edition of the podcast is being brought to you by the year 1989, and I don't mean the Taylor Swift album. Are you sure about that? I am, and let's get the conversation started. Hello and welcome to Lexicon. It is Maddie. Lexi. Dylan. And you know, when it comes to uh, coming up with themes or subjects for our episodes, uh, if we're not looking at something of a uh, of the modern times, uh, we tend to look back at events and pieces of media that are celebrating relatively significant anniversaries, such as a first anniversary or even more likely a fifth or tenth anniversary, 25th, 30th, 35th, something easily quantifiable like that that we think people would be checking for it anyway, so we want to talk about it. Yeah. Um, but then we also have some episodes where we don't have any particular topic we want to address, and this happens to be one of those. So with those two things in mind, we thought that we would just look back at one of those years yeah. from whence would come topics. Yes. Yeah. That. Uh-huh. I'm just playing it up now. That, that have a significant anniversary. Um, so again, we look back at like the year 1979 when I was born, 1984, not the novel. I guess we could look at the novel. Um, 94, like we did with the Royal Rumble. 2014, like we did with the Royal Rumble. And uh, I, I thought about just going in order of all those years, but we do have a number of topics lined up for this year. So we probably wouldn't get to all of them. So I, I figured we would just uh, take a look at what everyone happened to pique our interest the most at that time. And we all kind of agreed that 1989 would be a fun year to look back at. Yes. I do have suspicion that you only agreed to that because it's the year Taylor Swift was born. Maybe. Uh, but I don't think that's going <laughs> to... I don't think that's going to play in anything we're, we're talking about. Uh, of course, neither one of you lived through 1989 that nope. you know of. I mean, if reincarnation is a thing, perhaps you did. But yeah. I guess, you know, you have any deep-seated subconscious memories of 1989? Not yep. that I can recall. I was uh, shown the with the Minions. I, I have plenty them. of memories of the album. I'm Dan Palmer. <laughs> I created the Minions. <laughs> what? It's a meme. <laughs> okay. And this is a joke on It was what, like a TikToker TikTok kept saying it, and yeah. for a while he had to sit there and keep denying it, but now it's just like He, he still joke. denies it. Oh, yeah. But he's also and in he on the obviously joke. obviously created the Minions. What does Dan Pogmeyer or the memes have to do with 1989? I'm sure Dan Pogmeyer Nothing was I just said I was shown with the minions. Yeah, probably. I don't... Uh, well, I would hope so. <laughs> Unless he just came to this dimension of this planet <laughs> in, like, the late 90s or something. An yep. extra freaking dimensional being. I mean, no disrespect just, intended, but I'm sure Mr. Pogmeyer is at least older than I am, and I was certainly around in 1989. A being from a different dimension coming here just to write a show about two kids and a platypus. I mean, He's somebody had to do it. Old. But let's be honest. He turned 61 this fall. Writing a show with a platypus and evil scientist with a two-kid subplot. Well, say happy early birthday to Dan Pogmeyer, and it just occurred to me, we should add him to our list of most wanted celebrity listeners, right along with Tom Hanks and Patrick yes. Pascal. Yes. And so, if anybody's hearing this who has Dan Pavelmeyer's ear, this is an open invitation to come on the podcast and talk with sometime. We love your work. We'd love to have you on. Definitely. I know that's not going to happen, but... You never know. Like I said, I didn't have much to talk about this week, so I got to start with something. <laughs> oh, but no, our topic, 1989. I mean, decent album. Actually, probably my favorite Taylor Swift album. <laughs> I, she just did her, the re-recording of it back in October. Uh, Ryan Adams did a, an entire cover of the album. An interesting experiment. Not a bad album. I actually like Taylor's version better. Not the Taylor's version of 1989, but Taylor's version of 1989. The original album. You know what I'm saying. Taylor's version of 1989 is really good, too. Have you heard the vault tracks? I know the answer is yes, because sometimes you have no choice but to listen to if them. If I have, I didn't pay any attention to them, though. I was not cognizant that that's what I was listening to. I thought Taylor is in some controversy right now. Yeah, when isn't she? 
<laughs> I didn't know we were going to cover controversy on this. If we're going to cover any controversy, it's controversy <laughs> I, 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 from well in the past where we can have a really good perspective on it now. <laughs> yeah. You know, so many years in the future. Yeah. But if, I mean, if that's, look, this is y'all's show too. If that's no, where you want to go. I wasn't it's time to, to spill the tea. <laughs> don't spill my tea, bro. <laughs> I mean, this is Long Island iced tea, but still, don't spill it. We abandoned the Twitter minute for Gabba's controversy. <laughs> Yeah, no, I'm not. I'm not sitting. It wouldn't even be the Twitter minute. Now it'd be the no. X minute, or I, I'm trying. No, still, it'd be the Twitter minute. I'm still trying to get Taff Cat trending. The the uh, app form. You know, I could be Twitter. wrong, but I, I'm pretty sure we were doing the Twitter minute back on the original 1989. But not in 1989. Uh, <laughs> no, Taylor Swift 1989. I wasn't that much of a visionary. Oh, shortly after it. Hey guys, I would not be about shocked. Twitter. The fuck is that? It's gonna be this app. What the fuck is an app? <laughs> Because I would not be shocked if some of the topics on the uh, Twitter minute were the whole Taylor Swift Kardashian stuff. It's this little thing you play on your phone, bro. Don't I, say what's a phone. We had phones. <laughs> yeah, I know. Smartphones. We even had cell phones. Way to go. Back then. Uh, how, you didn't have smartphones. Not, not me personally, but they did Advanced exist. the phones back then? They were mobile. And we had cordless phones. They were mobile. Uh-huh. I s- yeah, barely though. <laughs> I mean, like Zach Morris on Saved by the Bell had that big gray. Did they have a yeah. screen Fox by movie. that point? No. <laughs> Bro, how you gonna open up something? That, that was some Star it's Trek just and shit. <laughs> uh, I, I mean, I guess some of the cordless phones we had around that time, or maybe even some of the handsets, did have some sort of screen like that, that would display like that would display like phone numbers on it, mm-hmm. or you know details like the battery power of the phone if it was a handset or something. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Probably in '89. I don't know. I don't, I don't specifically remember what phone we. I know in my life we had a rotary dial phone. We had cordless phones. We had multiple phones. I don't remember exactly what year we had each of those phones. And now our phones can play Final Fantasy VII. <laughs> That's insane. A lot they used to not be able to do. We went from a gray brick to playing Final Fantasy VII. And a lot, and like every other phone. So that was the Lexicon Future Shock Minute. <laughs> uh, but back to 1989. I turned 10 in 1989. Yes, yes, you did. I turned I, uh, negative something. I finished fourth grade oh, in the first half of 1989, uh, and I began fifth grade in the second half of 1989. I had my first girlfriend in 1989 in, in fourth grade, Betsy Johnson. And okay. I'm, and I had my second girlfriend in fifth grade, so that may have actually begun in 89 as well, Taylor Logan. Okay. Shout out to them. I'm sure they're listening. Probably. Um, I know for sure that I asked out at least one of them at Valentine's Day because the school that we went to had this thing every year where you could buy carnations for Valentine's Day. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Excuse me. And you could, you know, take them home and, and give them to your friends and loved ones. Or you could actually have them sent to other students. And I know at least one of them I asked out with the carnation. Maybe yes. both of them. Um but even if I didn't ask Betsy out on Valentine's Day, I, we were still, I don't want to say dating because we were in fourth grade. We didn't really date. We were just, you know, yeah. school boyfriend and girlfriend, but we were still together through the end of the year. And then she went to another school and I never saw her again. <laughs> but I'm okay. I'm over now. I hope you are at this <laughs> point. Do people ever hand out like pager numbers and stuff, phone numbers? I don't know because <laughs> by the time pagers were really getting in vogue, I wasn't in school anymore. Because I left school after ninth grade. Don't so, so, like text me or call me to page me. <laughs> and like my dad had a pager for work. That was the page I was most familiar with. Um, my friend Pete did have a pager at some points that I knew him, but he was in school. I wasn't because mm-hmm. like I, said, I I left school and ended up getting my GED. But um, 
so for all I know, he was giving out his number. I didn't specifically ask, yo, man, you giving out that number? <laughs> and I remember getting a bunch of pages when we were, you know, hanging out. Like, oh, man. Man, so many people are paid in you. But I'm, I'm sure it did happen. Like I say, it just wasn't in my purview. But, um... Back to 1989, though. I don't <laughs> That's think, the end of the page a minute. <laughs> I, I, don't think, I don't think my dad had his page by then. He may have, but I'm not sure. I do remember him having one. Pages are interesting. They are, and they were useful at the time, you know. You I, want, I want a pager, but I don't want... I want, like, an, a really old pager. Oh, I thought you were going to say you want, like, a smart pager. You want to play Final Fantasy they even on make your pages anymore? I, I mean, I'm sure some of them still exist. I don't know if you can have service on them or not. I mean, why would anybody bother? I know from you'd say for nostalgia's sake, but is that really that big of an industry that people want to take the time to uh, integrate it into the telephone lines and whatnot again? I'm uh, not for it would be. I guess you could just make a basic version of a cell phone, though, and use cell service yeah. to accomplish the same thing. Pretty much. I just want to say I looked up phones from 1989, and I've learned about some Motorola that was somewhat <clears throat> a flip phone. Foot, but it also retailed for three thousand freaking dollars. Yeah, like I say, mobile phones in nineteen eighty nine are that classic gray brick phone that you remember Zach Morris on Saved by the Bell and Paulie Dangerously in WCW in the early nineties having. Although mm-hmm. sometimes Paul would just carry a fucking cordless telephone with him. Uh, but, th- this was phone. Yeah, I've definitely seen plenty of phones that look like that, and I remember them certainly as we got more into the nineties. But we're not even in the nineties yet. Now we're talking about nineteen eighty nine, which of course we've talked about the fact that. The end of one decade tends to look more like the beginning of the next decade. More awesome. I was thinking it looks really good. Guys, if y'all want to have a conversation, just do it wherever you're here. Y'all are going to talk over me when I'm trying to make a point. Yeah, no, I apologize. I was trying to show Gabba the phone from 1989 that mm-hmm. I had bought up. This is it Taylor Swift edition? <laughs> I'd buy it. Anyway, back to my personal experiences in 1989. Um, I wasn't even a wrestling fan by 1989. That wouldn't happen for another year. I wasn't even that much of a sports fan. Like, I remember rooting for the Dodgers in the World Series the year before, and I always rooted for uh, Joe Montana and the 49ers whenever they were in the Super Bowl, uh, which I watched every year. But I wasn't like a week-in, week-out viewer of any sports. Um, my friends and I would play sports in the yard, uh, baseball especially, and I think we were probably getting into football by then. I don't think any of us had a basketball goal at that point. Actually, my neighbors, Diane and Choo did have a basketball goal, and we'd go over there and play horse on it occasionally. But uh, video games, of course, were big time then. I'd gotten my first Nintendo Entertainment System for Christmas in 1987, and that was still going strong. I think I still had my Atari 2600, which I'd had for as long as I could remember. Nice. Um, and we still played with our action figures, and we'd go outside and play. And, and we would... Uh, make the distinction between the two by saying we were playing with the action figures, we were playing something in little, mm-hmm. we were playing outside together, we were playing in big. Yeah. So we might, uh, you know, like Predator was uh, one of our favorite movies. I was a big Arnold Schwarzenegger fan. This was still my action movie phase. And Predator had come out in 87, and I didn't see it in theaters, but I saw it when it came out on video, so I probably had just seen it like the year before for the first time, and it was one we watched in heavy rotation. And we would, you know, we, we'd be replay Predator and of course we had to modify it a little bit because everybody but Arnold dies in that and so we'd have to change it so some of the other commandos could live so we could all have characters to go through the whole game but uh, if we were doing that outside with our toy guns we'd be playing it in big or if we were doing it inside with our G.I. Joe figures we'd be playing it in little nice. so that, that was our little jargon um, and of course you know I was into movies like I say TV shows I, I liked music like whatever played on the radio but I wasn't necessarily seeking out music at that point or whatever my dad would play at the house, you know, a lot of Jimmy Buffett. 
but I wasn't necessarily like, oh, you know, I got to get this new CD that's coming out this week. Mm-hmm. Um, speaking of TV, two of my favorite TV shows at that time just started in 1989, uh, Captain N, The Game Master. Captain N is... One of the best video game shows of all time. I don't care what you say. I know it's not completely accurate. It's not very faithful. You gotta remember in 89, that's what we had. That was it. And it was so cool to see that. It's definitely neat. But I absolutely despise Simon Belmont in it. I mean, if you're a big fan of Castlevania, I can understand that. I wasn't necessarily a big Castlevania fan I'm a big fan fan of Castlevania. So it was fine. I mean, Mega Man's kind of strange in it too, but I accepted it. And the cockpit Kid Equus. Yeah, yeah. Because they did not play the game. I never realized that. I didn't either. Like, I (laughs) I only knew of Kid Equus from Captain N. I mean, I'd see it on the the store rental shelves and whatnot, but it wasn't something I really played much. And even if I did, how much of that lore is really in the game? Now, we did have instruction booklets back then that would explain that kind of stuff, but. It's like 50-50 if you were going to look at it, and especially if it was a rental. Sometimes you wouldn't even get the instruction book. I thought you made show with the characters at the very least look look at and a little bit. But I absolutely loved Captain yeah. N. I was always so upset they never made action figures for it. And they also have Mother Brain and no Samus. Yeah. Samus is in, like, the comics or whatever. Yeah. And um, the other show, which was also a Saturday morning show on NBC, was Saved by the Bell, which we just referenced, debuted in 1989. You know, classic... <laughs> Kids programmer from back in the day. We mentioned Zach Morris with the cell phone. Yeah. Those were my jam back then. I mean, I watched, you know, nighttime TV as well. I remember Night Court being one of my favorite sitcoms. And I mean, any any sitcom you can mention that was pretty well known from the time, I'm sure I watched at least a little bit. Um, The Simpsons didn't actually debut in 1989, but the characters did debut on the Tracy Ullman show, which is like a sketch comedy show, mm-hmm. sort of like an SNL type show. Mm-hmm. And that's the... the uh, the Simpsons shorts actually debuted on that in 1989 and would become a you know one of the landmark television series yeah, a year or two later. Mm. But, um, a lot of freaking Simpsons. I guess as far as everything that went down in 1989, the biggest thing would for me would have been Hurricane Hugo, which tore up most of the Carolinas back then, uh, left me and my family without power for like nine days. Um, although to be fair, as a ten year old, it wasn't that bad. You know, I mean. <laughs> You, you were worried about it, and, and I got and I got to see the kind of devastation that a storm like that can cause, and mm-hmm. I certainly heard horror stories, but, you know, nobody in my family was hurt or killed. We, we definitely did lose some some value to our property, and we, uh, like I said, we were without power for a while, but just, and I think it was a lot harder on my parents, probably, than it was on me, because they had to manage all that, but yeah. just, I just got to be a kid, you know, um... I was a real outdoorsy kid, and it sucked that some of our trees got taken down, but it was also really fun climbing on those trees and making bases out of them, and my friends were all still in the neighborhood, and they were all still doing fine, we just, you know, kind of did our thing. I mean, I spent like a night or two with my grandparents, mm-hmm. uh, because they didn't lose power, and then uh, my parents and I actually went and stayed with my great-grandmother for the last couple of days before we got power back, um, and, and like my dad had rigged up some, some lights so they could run off the car battery, so we actually had lights in the house. And uh, we had a gas stove, too. So even though we didn't have electricity, we were able to cook for ourselves and, and some of the other people in the neighborhood. And we didn't have running water because out there where we lived, we didn't have city water. We all had wells, and we relied on electric pumps to pump the water. So without electricity, you couldn't have running water. But there were copious amounts of rainwater because we live in a kind of a swampy area. And even in the best, under normal circumstances, if we got a lot of rain, the yards would flood. But in this case, we had, like, trees just ripped up from the ground up, like just... They, they just fell over and ripped up the uh, mm-hmm. ground with them so there were these big, you know, two feet deep pits right at the base of the tree that filled up with water. 
And, you know, it wouldn't be safe to drink, but we were able to boil it on the stove and make it at least safe enough that we could wash up and whatnot with it so we could, and we could you know, use it to flush our toilet. So, like I say, it definitely gave me a respect for what a storm like that can do. And, like I say, I saw the devastation then, and I have, in retrospect, and I heard the horror stories. And so, you know, I definitely know what it's like to go through a hurricane like that. But just my perspective at that moment was, you know, I was fine. I got through it, no problem. I, I was just a kid. Was it that hurricane that a cousin was in Myrtle Beach or something and they went to Charlotte to hopefully avoid the hurricane and ended up getting hit worse? It would have to be that one because, I mean, Charlotte's not hit by that many storms. Um, I don't remember that story specifically, but Charlotte did get hit pretty badly. But the coast did too, though. Don't, don't, yeah. don't, don't downplay it. The Myrtle Beach, Garden City area, it got, it got torn up. You know, pretty badly. I the, the low country, like Charleston, got hit even worse because that's where the storm came ashore. Mm-hmm. But there was a lot of devastation. Like I said, we lost. I, I lost my swing set in the storm. A tree fell on it. But and it, and it was a really cool swing set. It was Return of the Jedi swing set that had like the ATST as the tower with the slide coming out of it and had the electronics in it and had the speeder bike as the glider. But it sounds cool. But to be fair, too, I'd had that swing set for years by 1989, and, and we'd climb on it and play around on something, but it wasn't a big part of my day mm-hmm. anymore, you know, so I, mm-hmm. I really wouldn't have missed it that much. And in truth, from the insurance money from the swing set, I got my first color TV for my bedroom, and I got my first Game Boy, which also came out in 1989. Very nice. So, I mean, like I say, I know it was a big deal, and I, and I still look back on it as a major traumatic event, but at the same time, it didn't really affect me that much at the time. I got through it fine. Uh-huh. I do remember during the storm, at one point, um, uh, a fam, a family. How do you say it? a family that were friends of ours? So it's mm-hmm. a family friend who is a family. So it's, it's, it's a it's a father and mother and their son, the yeah. clams. They stayed with us that night and for a couple of days after the hurricane. And, and some of us were hanging out in the kitchen, and some of us were in another room. And and a uh, a tree came down on the roof, and a branch came through the roof and like hit the washing machine. And it was where my mom had been standing like two minutes earlier. Um, but that again, it's a near miss. Like nobody yeah. got hurt. So uh, now the McClams, their their truck got crushed Oof. by a tree in our yard. I remember that, that wasn't suck. too pleasant. But like I said, I know a lot of people suffered. I know it was a big deal, and it's a big deal to me and my family. But just from my perspective at the time, it's like I crew. I mean, I got two weeks out of school. You know, <laughs> it was it was it was an experience, but it wasn't all negative. Just. Like I say, from my perspective at the time, I certainly yeah. don't want to downplay yeah. the effects of it. But that was definitely like the big touchstone event from 1989, I would say. According to Wikipedia, even Canada felt the minor effects of Hugo. Well, that's interesting. Did it go back out to see and come back up? Because, I mean, it came up through I'm not South sure. Carolina into and Charlotte is southwestern North Carolina. Yeah, according so to this, uh, lesser effects are felt along the periphery of the hurricane's path. And that kind of led up into eastern Canada. <clears throat> of course, the Hurricane Hugo is something that affected many millions of people. And I was just giving my personal perspective. But let's talk about some other things that were going on in the wider world in 1989. I have a uh, a page here. Can you pass this general knowledge quiz from 1989? Probably not. General yes. knowledge quiz. It's on uh, HowStuffWorks.com by Torrance Gray. It says it was posted... Three minutes ago, but that's not true because I pulled some of my computer like three hours ago. <laughs> so let's say three hours and three minutes ago. Uh, we've used quizzes from this website before. You know if you listen to the show, we like to do quizzes every now and then. So I think we should be able to get through this pretty easily. And we'll see how much 
I remember from my life as a 9 and 10 year old in 1989, and we'll see what you guys have gleaned in the years since then. Yes. All right. So, uh, I don't think this is too much of a visual quiz. I have it up on my computer screen. I'll show it to y'all if need be, and we'll try to describe for the listeners if it's anything else is important. But getting into it now, we're going to start the quiz. Wait, do I have to click? Wow, if I click start quiz, it just moves the screen down slightly. Interesting. Uh, With the election of George H.W. Bush, how many presidents has the United States had as of 1989? Of course, the election was in 1988, and the president takes office the following January. We could figure out a good. Well, we do have we we do have we do have multiple choice for you. We have 36, 41, 38, or 48. Pretty sure Obama was 44. Okay. Guys, you don't need to whisper. I mean, this isn't like a competition <laughs> where somebody's going to accept your answer. Right now. It's been so long since I last looked that up. Do you, I, I'm, I, 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 like, when I was eight, is the last time I knew how many cousins we had? That's great. Yeah, I, I'm pretty sure I know the answer. Okay. We can just click on and see if I'm right or you guys can take a guess, whatever you want to do. Okay. And, of course, as always, I use guys in the gender-neutral sense. Yes. Obama was not president, and he's not relevant to yes, this discussion. Well, well, it does help if we know the president before him. He was him alive in 1989, though. He, he was doing his I would, thing. I would hope I so, considering... I mean, unless he came from... His first mess. one was, what, okay, 2008? Okay, maybe Obama and Pavanmire came from the same dimension. <laughs> <laughs> the Obama... The Obavanmire <laughs> dimension. <laughs> Obavanmire? <laughs> Where we get Barack as a celebrity listener, too? That'd be my Mount Rushmore for celebrity listeners. No, no. Tom Hanks, Pedro Pascal... Barack Obama and Dan Poppenmeyer. Yo, imagine we got them all on the same podcast. I don't know how it's it all full showed up at our house. You know what? Goals. We need to start working towards that. <laughs> if that well, wait, wait a minute now. I mean, Skype. We don't need them wait. at the house. <laughs> I mean, let's be realistic at least. They're not all, it's going to be tough to get them all in the same place at one time. Plus, COVID's still out there. We don't want to get crazy. Mm. Just... COVID wasn't a thing, though. Would you turn down having the all four in the same studio set up? <laughs> Uh, yeah. I mean, I don't know if I want them at the house because our house is kind of small. There's already a lot of people. <laughs> you know, if we've made it to the point that we're getting on them on the podcast, I bet we could have put elsewhere. But maybe getting them on the podcast chairs. is what springboards us True. <laughs> yeah, we need more chairs, you're right. <laughs> Sorry, Pedro, you got to take the couch. <laughs> my, my Tom's own. old. He needs, the, he needs the back support. <laughs> he needs Sorry, the back support on face. the couch. <laughs> Come on, Pedro, sit down. <laughs> Let's talk about the Mandalorian. <laughs> Uh, All right, can we get back to the uh, 36, 38, 41, 48. Those are not measurements because we'd have an extra one in there. I don't know what the bottom one is. <laughs> what feet size? <laughs> I like my ladies 36, 38, 41, 48. What's the 48? <laughs> anyway, I think it's 38. Okay. I was wrong. He was, was 41? It? Wow. See, that kind of makes more sense to me. Cause I, in my head, there was only a couple between him and Barack. What, like, I, remember, I remember 40 being a big deal in my lifetime, uh-huh. but I thought it was I thought it was more around, you know, uh, Clinton or the, the second Bush. Well, who was right before Obama? Bush. Not this Bush, the, the other, other Bush. The other Bush. And who was right Clinton was right before that, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So who was right before Clinton? George. This Bush. Yes, this Bush. Yeah. This Bush. Yeah. I was only familiar with the other Bush and Clinton before Obama. And I was pretty sure Obama had been 44. Interesting. Yeah, I didn't specifically remember. I just remember like 40 being a big deal in my lifetime, and I, and I thought it was later in my lifetime. I'm going to say 50 within our lifetime. 
All right, so pro- proving we don't okay. know as much about American politics as we should, let's <laughs> scroll to the next question. What is the Iron Curtain? A repair project on China's Great Wall, the backdrop of Iron Chef America. I made that one up. The division between the Republicans and the Democrats in the Senate. The dividing line between capitalist and communist Europe, or a metal band. I thought my joke was better. But... I don't know. We are I... Iron Curtain! <laughs> Have I heard something about, like, with, uh, I guess, what we watched at the USSR at that point? And the Iron Curtain? Yeah, it was the USSR at that point. Have I heard something like that? United Soviet Soviet Not so this specific term, but no. It's the dividing line between capitalists and communists. Okay, so I was correct. The Iron Curtain went up after World War II when the Soviet Union gained a number of satellite states in Eastern Europe. In 1989, it was still a vital functioning concept in world politics, though it wouldn't be for much longer. Yeah, the Berlin Wall would come down sometime around. Maybe it was in 89, even. It was pretty close to that. I remember that being a big deal, too. At school one day, people talking about it. Alex and Vaiti. I was thinking about politics. <clears throat> the massive changes over the years. Um, this says who is. Obviously, we're acting like we're in 1989. But in 1989, who was the Prime Minister of England? <laughs> Fuck if I Not Boris Johnson. Tony Blair, Gordon Brown... Margaret Thatcher or Cornelius Fudge. <laughs> Definitely that one. Oh, he wouldn't even shit. have been the Minister of Magic back then because he was just elected. No, I should actually know this from the crime. Like close to the time that Harry went to Hogwarts and that was 98, so. I definitely know it. This one I'm... Oh, you know it? Yes, I'm very confident in this one. Okay. I'm going to let you go with it because I'm it not... It was Margaret sure. Thatcher. It was her? Yeah. Damn. Uh-huh. I thought she was a bit later, No, maybe. Tony Blair was later. Margaret Thatcher okay, held office from 1979 one. to 1990. She was England's counterpart to the equally conservative Ronald Reagan. Her life and rise of power were chronicled not very favorably in the 2011 film The Iron Lady. She, uh... She's obviously like character in The Crown, and I really like the actress who played her. I also have a paper doll. Of okay, her. I have an issue with this next question, but let me get into it first. Okay. In 1989, who was the... Hold on, let me go back to the beginning of this quiz, just because this... Um, <clears throat> the way they're speaking in present tense kind of gets to me. About this quiz, yada, 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 yada. I'm going to speak to him. Got it, boy. What it means in some of the questions... Present day quiz. Others were created by nineteen eighty. Well, yeah, okay. To commemorate this more peaceful, to, yeah, right. We've created a trivia quiz about the world as things stood in nineteen eighty nine. Clearly, you weren't there. What this means is that while some of the questions would be the same in a present day quiz, the capital of Canada is still Ottawa. Others were required to provide nineteen eighty nine's answer. For example, I think I did a quiz from that year would handle topics like Princess Diana, the governance of Hong Kong, or computer technology. Okay, I just that that tense is annoying me. I just wondered if they gave it. A little better explanation, but clearly we're, we're speaking as if we are in 1989. Hi. But it bugs me the way it's written, so I'm going to read it the way I want to. <laughs> okay. I was hoping it gave me something more specific because that would be relevant to this question. The question as it's written is, who is the reigning WWE champion? Or in 1989, who was reigning WWE champion? And of course, WWE wasn't a thing back then. It was WWF. Yes. Uh, but their options are Ric Flair, Hulk Hogan, Bret the Hitman Hart, and what's the WWE? Which is kind of appropriate because there was no such thing <laughs> as WWE back then. But it also matters because obviously you guys know uh, wrestling championships change hands. Mm-hmm. And back then they didn't do it as often as they do nowadays. But there were two WWF champions in 1989. Not at the same time, but at yeah. WrestleMania that year in March, or the very beginning of April, uh, the title would change hands. Um, so I know what the answer is. I know what answer they want because only one of the competitors who competed for that title are on this list. But I do want to point out there were two. What if what's WWF the WWE is the correct answer? Or if it's a trick question? 
Well, it's messed up because one of these guys in here was WWF champion in 1989. And I, I, I don't, if none I don't of think them were champion, then I, I would think that was the answer. But who one would, of them was Who champion, would y'all so. guess? Just Who was it? Uh, Ric Flair, Bret Hart, Hulk Hogan. 89? Uh, yeah. Bret Hart. Bret Hart was still a tag team wrestling yeah. in 1989. Yeah, I was thinking it Bret had to be the Flair Hogan. Uh, Ric Flair wrestled for... The NWA in 1989. He had not wrestled okay. for the WWF. So it's okay. Huh. Technically, he did very early in his career, but he had not spent any time. Brett didn't seem old enough to have um, been doing yeah, that. But as yeah, but I said, I was like, yeah, well, oh, no, Brett was wrestling. Brett's oh, yeah. been wrestling since the 70s, but yeah. he was a tag team wrestler in the oh, WWF at that time. Um, yeah, Hulk Hogan would actually, in the 60s, uh, I believe his birthday's in, on July 2nd, so. Yes, July 2nd, and he is 66 years old. Um, he turned 66. But anyway, Hulk Hogan would win his second WWF championship, beating Macho Man Randy Savage at WrestleMania in 1989. So technically, Hulk Hogan and Macho Man were both champion. It would depend on when in 1980 you were asking who was the reigning champion. But if it's after, if it's, you know, the beginning of April or later, mm-hmm. it's Hulk Hogan. The beginning of April or earlier, it's Randy Savage. And of course, what's the WWE? As Dylan points out, is appropriate too because it was the WWF. God damn it! It was. <laughs> I told you, man. It's a trick question. I did not expect. There is no I did not WWE. Expect, I did not expect a trick question from HowStuffWorks.com. Okay, now that we know how this Can't is going. Can't anything. There is right. no WWE champion. Let's get back into 1989. Let's get but, back into 1989 mode. Yes, pretend you're in 1989. All right, we know how, we, we know how to play it. Uh, which presidential candidate was the first to have a female running mate? Joe Biden, George W. Bush, or George H. W. Bush, Walter Mondale, or George McGovern? Maddie, you got this. <laughs> well, it wasn't George H. W. Bush. His running mate was Dan Quayle. Um, I don't remember any of Joe Biden's previous presidential runs. I don't think he ever made it to actually be the Democratic nominee. Mm-hmm. He was a senator. Um, I know Mondale and McGovern both ran. I don't think McGovern had a female VP. So by process of elimination, that makes it feel like it should be Walter Mondale. Okay. I, and, and I'm assuming the question is which was the first ever, not just the first out of these four. Yeah. Because in that case, it's technically, well, by And this is also in the mindset right, it, it's of it's by 1989, so it can't be Biden. Cause, and like I said, I don't think Biden ever made it to being the Democratic nominee. Um, I don't know. I know, I know he campaigned in, in previous I know politics. he did campaign previously to be president, but I don't think he had made it that far at that point. So I'm going to go uh, with Mondale by process of elimination. Okay. Because I have read a bit about McGovern's campaign, and I don't think he had a female vice president, but I also don't remember who his running mate was. Uh-huh. So it could have been a female. It was Mondale. The Democrat oh. from Minnesota chose Geraldine Ferraro as his vice presidential candidate in 1984. It was a historic choice, but the incumbent Reagan-Bush ticket steamrolled over them for re-election. And yet, George H.W. Bush was Reagan's uh, vice president in his second term. I don't believe he was vice president for Reagan's first term. Interesting. <clears throat> All right, next question. What's the missing word here? Mr. Blank, tear down this wall. Let me see if I can do an impression. Mr. Blank, tear down this wall. That was a horrible Reagan. Just ignore that. Boy, you guys okay. don't know what Reagan sounds like. That was a great Reagan. <laughs> Fucking aces. <laughs> Did I say the name there? Did I say blank? He said blank. He said blank. Okay. Well, blank's not the answer. <laughs> it's it's a Gorbachev, Lee, Blair, or Khrushchev. You guys have any idea? Maddie, you got this. 
Yeah, I do have this. We really need to study our <laughs> history. So you just want me to get... It's, it's, I know, current yeah. history and, like, history way ago. It's Gorbachev. He was the leader of the Soviet Union at the time. Interesting. This was President Ronald Reagan's famous sound bite at the Berlin Wall. Mikhail Gorbachev, whom he addressed in absentia, was leader of the USSR. Nikita Khrushchev, another Soviet premier, came earlier in the history of U.S.-USSR relations. And Blair's reference to Tony Blair, I'm guessing, and Lee. I guess a specific reference to somebody, but off the top of my head, I don't know whom. Or it could just be a name they pulled out of their ass. Maybe it's Bruce Lee for all I know. (laughs) Moving along. Desmond Tutu was the first black Anglican bishop in which nation? England, Kenya, Scotland, or South Africa? No. A few of those would be perfectly good guesses. I don't know. What? Yeah, I don't know which one would be the answer. I'm familiar with Desmond Tutu's name. Yeah. But I don't know what country he's associated with. I I thought he was a leader in Africa. Uh But again, I don't even know the specific country. I would guess not South Africa. Yeah, no, I was kind of going to... Probably Kenya. first guess was going to be Kenya, but But I don't specifically remember what nation he's associated with. And and he could have come from another country previously or been associated with another country. So y'all want to go Kenya? Sure. No, it was South Africa. Okay. Wow. Considering the, the history of apartheid in that country, I would... Be surprised a black man would have attained any sort of status in that country by 1980. Because, I mean, Mandela's still in prison at that point. Yeah. Desmond Tutu was ordained in 1961 and rose to the level of Archbishop of Cape Town. He won the Nobel Peace Prize in 1984. Today, he is still sought after as a speaker on theology, politics, and world affairs. Very nice. Again, we're in 1989, so who is the most recent James Bond on the big screen? As I don't know if there's a Bond on <coughs> TV or anything. Me. Uh, Pierce Brosnan, Timothy Dalton, David Niven, Daniel Craig. Even if I didn't know, this is really easy because of the, the the other options they gave us. This is really easy? Well, yeah. I don't know. It's not Daniel Craig. For a pop culture junkie who lived through this era, it's really easy. Well, for people both who make haven't a... watched that series Alex. and weren't around in 89. If we both make a different guess, we have a two out of three chance of getting it correct. Stop whispering. You can make as many guesses as you want. I'm We're not going to take your first answer. I'm whispering loudly. Okay, it's like it's like when you're whispering. It's like when you're whispering on stage play. Do you do you want to do you want to take a guess or you just want me to give you the answer? Well, well, the uh, Pierce Brosnan, Timothy Dalton, David Niven, and Daniel Craig. I'm thinking Timothy or David. All I know is not Daniel Craig. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I got for you, Timothy. It is Timothy Dalton. I'm nice. so smart! Pierce Brosnan would play uh, James Bond in the mid to late 90s. I don't believe David Niven ever played James Bond, and Daniel Craig is the most recent James Bond. To be fair, maybe I've been told what? this information before, but... What? Did they say it was wrong? They said it's Pierce Brosnan, but that's absolutely not right. Pierce Brosnan did not take over Bond until like 94, 95. Maybe even late. He was... GoldenEye was his first one, and that's... You know the GoldenEye game on Nintendo 64. They're not Golden making Gold- They're not making GoldenEye on Nintendo 64 in 1997 based on a movie in 89. Yeah, GoldenEye was 95. Dalton was the 80s James Bond. Look it up. I guarantee you. He succeeded Roger Moore, who followed Sean Connery, except for one brief period yeah, where George Lassenby... Yeah, Dalton appeared as James Bond in License to Kill, which was released in 1989. Yep, I was there. I'm telling you. See, that's the only problem I have with these quizzes. <laughs> We came across this before, probably on How yeah. Stuff Works. Come on, How Stuff Works, get it together. Know how things work. It worked. 
But yeah, like Sean Connery was the original big screen James Bond. George Lazenby took over him for one movie, and then Connery came back. Then it was Roger Moore, then Timothy Dalton, and Pierce Brosnan, then Daniel Craig. And like I said, Pierce Brosnan, I know a lot of people wanted Pierce Brosnan, my mother included, to be James Bond, but he was committed to other projects and wasn't able to take over the role until, like I say, the mid to late 90s. Very nice. And he was in the role for a moment. Should we even continue on this quiz? Yes, we, we, we have to like, see. I mean, at least most of these, I'm, you know, I'm sure they were right. Desmond Tutu, I can't say one way or the other. Walter Mondale, I can't say one way or the other, even though it was my guess. And this one, I was able to point out that they were wrong, but that still bugs me. Fact check your shit, you know? If you're going to yeah. publish shit. Yeah. Oh, wait, let me not just call out how stuff works. What, who, who was the person who wrote this quiz? Torrance Gray, get your shit straight. <laughs> Next question. I mean, I appreciate the what was WWE question. That was clever. I'll give you that. But, you know, you can't be given wrong answers. Yeah. Uh, on what soap opera would you watch The Trials and Tribulations of Luke and Laura? The, the options are As the World Turns, General Hospital, The Edge of Night, and Passions. Any guess, Gobble? Alex, you can guess this one. I'll rule Why one would out. I, I know? I'll rule one out for you because Passions wasn't soap opera until the 90s. I was going to say, I don't follow oh. soap operas. You think I do? I'll rule out I'll two. follow soap operas when the wrestling one I thought about becomes I'll rule out two. Wrestling's already a soap opera. <laughs> I follow soap operas when it's an actual opera featuring soap. I, I'll rule out two because... I don't know if The Edge of the Night was a soap opera at that time. So it's either As the World Turns or General Hospital. I mean, if I guessed, I'd go General Hospital. It was General Hospital. Okay. One of the most famous soap couples of all time. Good for Luke and Laura are one of the most famous couples on dates. I hadn't read that yet, I promise. Y'all can, y'all can vouch for me. Yeah. They married on a 1981 episode of The Power of ABC Soap, set in fictitious Port Charles, which still airs today. I believe they married after he raped her, though. Pretty sure that was a plot line before that. Don't hold me to it. I'm not what? a soap. The only soap I ever watched with any regularity was Days of Our Lives. So that's the reason we don't watch soap operas, dude. Uh, 1985. Either that or he kidnapped her. He did some shit. There was some dark shit in the past. Okay. Stockholm shit. 1985's best picture. What? The, it's fucking 1989. Why are we talking about 1985? I don't Torrance, know. Torrance, what the fuck? <laughs> I ran out of questions. Anyway, this is very ironic, though. Not only is it the wrong year, but 1985's Best Picture winner, Amadeus, was about which musician? And the options they give us are Beethoven, Mozart, Verdi, and Dylan. <laughs> I guess a reference to Bob Dylan from our Dylan so. is named, but still, what are the odds? I guess it was Man. you, huh? Yeah. <laughs> you had a movie about you in 1985 that apparently yes. mattered Wait, 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 it quiz. makes sense. Yes. You were doing stuff in the 80s, weren't you? Yeah. You've said this before. Yeah. You, like, well, trained under Miyagi and whatnot. Yeah. <laughs> You weren't Bob Dylan reincarnated because he's still alive. Were you so. on a Miyagi or was it Miyagi? I don't remember. <laughs> a deep law. Marita die? I think he, he died around the time you were born. Yeah. yeah, I think that's what the Joker was in Ed. Anyway, for whatever reason, we're talking about 1985. It, it's Mozart. Yes. Wolfgang Amadeus Mozart. It's about him and his rivalry, with, or Salieri's rivalry with him. He so. died November 21st, 2005. So after you were born. Ah. Um, who spearheaded the famine benefit called Band-Aid? What did I say spear? Who spearheaded the famine benefit called Band-Aid? Bono from U2, Bob Geldof, uh, Brian May from Queen, or Neil Gaiman? <laughs> I don't even know what Neil Gaiman was doing in 1989. It was everything, probably. He, he's got a pop-up. I, I don't think Gaiman's that much older than me, if at all, so... 
The How old is Logan? I'm finding out already. Oh. He's 63 years old. Wow, he's considerably older than I am. I, I he's older than Dan Pogmeyer. Younger yeah. than Bret Hart. I'm interesting. <laughs> <laughs> We're just building a list of people by their age. All right, so we've got Bret Hart at the top. <laughs> Dan Pavenmeyer's a little lower, and we slot gaming in right between them. <laughs> anybody got an, anybody got an, anybody got an answer? No. No, I don't know for sure. I know Bono's associated with a lot of stuff like that. Yeah. But I can't swear that he spearheaded it. It would be it. interesting if it was Neil Gaiman. Not I, surprising, but interesting. It wasn't Gaiman. I mean, because Bob Geldof <laughs> is, is, is a, a name in the music business, and Brian May, obviously, is as well. Yeah, obviously. So it, it could honestly be any of them, but I think it was Bono. Okay. It was Bob Geldof, okay. Nice. Geldof, now Sir Robert, founded the Family Relief Supergroup with Scottish musician uh, Midge Uri. I apologize if I pronounced it incorrectly. Band Aid released Do They Know It's Christmas in 1984 to benefit hunger relief in Ethiopia. And yes, we know Neil Gaiman is a musician, but we throw him in because he's got that same sunlight challenge, tousle haired look that Geldof rocks so well. You think you're clever, but you got one of these questions completely wrong, so. <laughs> you think you're clever, but no. Uh, which country was dictator Baby Doc Duvalier forced to flee? Armenia, Haiti, Suriname, or Canada? <laughs> the long history of dictators in Canada. Yes? No, I only have hood. But I'm not sure I guess, need the answer no. anyway. <laughs> I think it's Haiti. It makes yeah. sense. Thanks to their anti-communist stance, both Baby Doc and his father Papa Doc Duvalier had enjoyed support from the United States. It wasn't enough to protect Baby Doc from a people's revolution in Haiti, and he left the country in 1986. I don't remember what about... Wow, the U.S. was supporting a dictator. What a surprise. <laughs> but I remember in sixth grade, in one of the classes, we had to, like, regularly watch the news, and I, I remember Haiti being on it a lot. Okay. I think the time... I mean, I guess, okay, it's 89, we're going to talk about things that went on in the 80s. <laughs> and maybe that, that long, another question? Maybe that long preamble did mention that. Maybe. But I'm pretty sure this next event was more like 86. Yeah, exactly. How many astronauts died as part of the Challenger disaster when the space shuttle blew up on live television? At least three, probably. And schoolchildren everywhere were traumatized. I don't, I don't know if we watched it live or not. Like, I know it happened, but I don't know if we were watching What's it in class What's with television traumatizing kids in school? Well, I don't think they thought the spaceship was going to blow up. It wasn't pre-planned. no. But, like, 9-11 happened, and they specifically put on that news. I mean, nobody From knew what was I've going... Well, I wasn't I'm sure some people knew, week. and maybe some people in power knew, but... Anyway, um, I don't know the exact... No, but it's like it was happening, and they're like, yeah, y'all have to watch this now. Anyway, everyone who was on the ship died. I don't know exactly how many were on it. I'm gonna say eight. Okay. It was seven. Damn. I mean, yeah, that sucks. I but... pay to those people. Yeah, yeah. definitely, but... It was 1986. And I'm not saying we should have forgotten about it three years later, but this was supposed to be a quiz about happenings in 1989. <laughs> yeah. I'm not being given what I was promised. <laughs> Again, which of these was the first video aired by MTV? That was like 1980. I'm not even... We're, we're not even doing <laughs> this. he sounded mad, too. What was the first video? It was Video Killed the Radio Star. Everybody knows video that, but it was not 1989. That, that absolutely makes sense. I'm not giving this quiz any more credence. They got one more question, or we're bouncing. No. Oh, please. Well, see, I don't know if this is the, the right year or not. It feels like it's not, because 89 seems too late. But the question is, who was the first woman sworn in as the justice on the Supreme Court? And I know the answer, I think. But I think 89 is too late, but I could be wrong. 
The options are Ruth Bader Ginsburg, Sandra Day O'Connor, uh, Sonia Sotomayor, or Eleanor Kagan. Was and I'm pretty sure it was Sandra Day O'Connor. I, I think so. I think she was the first. Yeah. yeah. In 1981. You know that was. I remember that being a question on Jeopardy, uh, thing on Jeopardy the other night, and I could not remember that answer. Yeah, I, I thought she was the answer, and I thought it was before 1989. So why am I getting that question on 19? Give me a question about 1989. Where did the Velvet Revolution take place? The what? The Velvet Revolution. It was Czechoslovakia, Egypt, Tanzania, or Studio 54, and that's a joke. Okay. I don't know the answer. I don't either. <laughs> it was Czechoslovakia. All right. That's what my guess is going to be. The Velvet Revolution was the name of a peaceful transfer oh, of power from the one-party communist government to a multi-party democratic system. 1989 was, in general, a bad year for communism as the USSR broke up and lost its hold on Eastern European nations. What was the Morris Worm? The what? The Morris Worm. It was a dance craze, or a computer virus, or a newly discovered species, or a children's toy. Not the last two? I don't think it was a dance craze. I don't ever remember hearing that. I have no clue. It feels like it could have been a computer virus by 1989. Yeah. Um, and I feel like a newly discovered species is certainly possible. I don't recall a toy being named that. So yeah. what do you guys think? Computer virus or newly discovered species? I'd go computer virus. It was. The Morris Worm was the first well-known virus. It was launched in 1988. Oh, my God. <laughs> Maybe it, it, it was launched in Fuck 88. you. Don't take Torrance aside here. <laughs> Maybe it was a big problem come 89. By the way, Ruth Bader Ginsburg was sworn in in 93. Right? Yeah. Still not 1989. No. Which of these countries is the colonial administrator of Hong Kong? China, Denmark, England, or none of these. It is independent. 1989 now, not yeah. present day. That's what I'm thinking about is the fact that it's 89. Don't, if you just check, if you're like, fuck you, Torrance, I don't believe any of this anymore. Thank you. What was it in 89? Wait, was Roger Rabbit 89? I thought Roger Rabbit was like 88. It may have been based on the other questions of this Hold on. It may have been 89. I mean, I know it was the 80. It was 88! Fuck! I, I don't know for sure. How quickly can we get Dan Pavemeyer on the show? Because this is going downhill fast. We, we need something better next episode. I mean, Hong Kong was, I don't want to say belonged, but it, it, it was under English control. Yeah. Until 1987 when it reverted back to Chinese control. So, I mean, there is that last question. Maybe Hong Kong was technically an independent nation, but was still connected to the monarchy for some reason. But I'm going to say England. Yeah, Hong Kong, the name means Fragrant Harbor in Cantonese, came under English control in 1842, and a 100-year lease was agreed upon between England and China in 1898. The handover to China occurred to great fanfare in 1997. I just want to say, I'm pretty sure I've read about that on one of our Geoguster streams. I'm really good at learning stuff and then immediately forgetting it when it would actually be useful. So, who was the live-action lead in last year's Who Framed Roger Rabbit? Drew Barrymore, Bob Hoskins, Michael Madsen, or Sigourney Weaver? They did a great job at this. Tell you who it's not. It was Bob Hoskins. Let's just move on. Okay. <laughs> what country did England fight with over control of the Falkland Islands? I don't think that was 89 either, but okay. Did England fought someone over control for the Falkland Islands? 
I don't think it was 89, though. I feel like that was way earlier in the 80s. I really wish this quiz was just keep on taking us back. Falkland Islands are really south, aren't they? You guys want to... Oh, I'm sorry. Argentina, India, Morocco, or Italy? I guess Argentina. It was Argentina, but it was 1982! I was going to say, because those are down in South America, aren't they? I, I, I really wish this quiz would just keep on taking us further back until we got to, like... Like 79? <laughs> in feudal Japan! <laughs> the <laughs> Wasteland... Until we get to 1889? <laughs> the Wasteland was one of the seminal poems of the 20th century. Who wrote it? W.H. Auden, T.S. Eliot, Sylvia Plath, or J.K. Rowling? <laughs> Well, I can eliminate two of those. That's good. Again, 20th century. How far back are we going here? Like, that covers a lot of ground. <laughs> that is true. I mean, 20th century technically covers the entirety of the 1900s. I mean, if we're covering the 80s, I can rule out three of these for sure. Uh, okay, assuming 80s. Well, I'm pretty sure Elliot's before the 80s. I know Plath was, and we know Rowling's after the 80s. Yeah. So that only leaves W.H. Auden. Okay. It was T.S. Eliot. Of course it was. Does say the yeah. Yeah, see, now they want to now they want to sit here and justify their quiz. This is one of those answers that would have been the same in 1979, 1989, or today. So clearly, this poet is from like 1979 or before. Uh-huh. <laughs> Not like, this, this, is, this is your quiz in 89, and I mean, so it can be before 89 or after 89. I want a quiz on just 89. I should have vetted this more, but I just came up with this idea earlier today, so I apologize. <laughs> it happened. Oh, are we near the end? I'm going back to Feudal Japan now. Cold, fu- yeah, cold fusion in Feudal Japan. <laughs> okay, for fuck's sake. <laughs> this is almost as bad. Cold fusion was a long-time dream of physicists. Who realized it? (laughs) Niels Bohr, Max Planck. Cold fusion was not yet a reality in 1989. Cold fusion has never been a reality. I'm just just leaving. it, It loves us. I just don't care anymore. Are you... Are you sure? Maddie is so over this quiz. Both into the end. <laughs> we, we might be at this point. Since we have entire Cold fusion life. has never been a reality. Cold fusion is the name for theoretically creating a nuclear reaction at lowish Earth-like temperatures instead of those hot as the center of a star. Many physicists consider it a pipe dream like alchemy. I wanted questions about what happened in 1989. Here's a quiz about 1989. This never exists. No, it's fine. It just is not specific. It's just... How many planets are there in the solar system in 1989? I just feel like we were misled by the title of the quiz. And I understand there was this long preamble that maybe explained this. Like, some of the questions would be the same today. Some wouldn't. But I wanted a quiz about the events. So some of the fault here is with me. But as we pointed out, at least one of these questions was just absolutely wrong. Yeah. So some of the fault is on Torrance here. It was nine back yes. then, of course, because Pluto was still considered a planet. Eight. And Pluto no longer considered a planet because they discovered a billion other things the same size as Pluto. And they're like, yeah, these ain't all planets. Yeah. Nowadays, <laughs> there's eight planets, and I believe there's three dwarf planets. It's Pluto and two others. As of 1989, which of these is not a Soviet republic? Chechnya, Latvia, Russia, or Uzbekistan? Uh, my guess is Latvia, but I, don't I could Russia be wrong. not exist. <laughs> I believe so. Wait. What? 
And, and, no, and Russia was still a country. Russia was still a thing? Yeah. yeah. It was just part of the United uh, Soviet Socialist Republic. I don't uh, I don't fucking uh, It was still that major hunk of of, of Asia. Well, I didn't know what... It was Chechnya, yeah. Okay. I didn't know what it was called at that time. Russia was one of the Soviet Union's constituent republics, though first among equals. It's Chechnya that was never a republic of the USSR. It's currently considered a breakaway republic from Russia itself. Uh-huh. Okay. So I guess Chechnya didn't even really exist in 1989, based on that answer. The capital of India, one of the world's most populous countries, is which of these cities? Kolkata, Goa, New Delhi, or Bangalore? I'm pretty sure it's New Delhi, right? I'm pretty sure. Probably. Yep. Okay. Again, nothing to do with 1989. Just the answer was the same then as it is now. Yeah. Swatch was a huge brand in the 1980s. It's the name of the upcoming Nintendo Switch sequel, in my in, in my estimation at least. And its name was a portmanteau of what two words? Smart and watch, second and watch, Swiss and watch, or smile and watch? I have so many questions for the 80s. I have a Switch and a Swiss. And Swiss and watch. I mean, you normally you associate a Swiss watch with like a, a really... You know, high dollar, really. Oh, uh, I think like a Swiss watch. Army knife. <laughs> um, Wouldn't that be awesome? And Swatch watches were more, you know, colorful kids type watches. Uh-huh. Like, wouldn't that be awesome if your if your watch was a Swiss Army knife? But that was my first guess too, because I don't know if anybody's really considering them. Like, they they still just told time. Uh huh. So I don't know if anybody's thinking about a smart. It could. It, I mean, it, it could be smile and watch. It could be second and watch. But at least with Swiss and watch, you get the S and the W from Swiss and the rest from watch. It's a little bit better portmanteau. Damn it, it was second and watch. The hell does that even mean? Yeah. Swatch was a Swiss creation, so you can be forgiven for thinking the first word is Swiss. But it was second because the watches were meant to be inexpensive and not for frequent or long time wear. See, I told you they weren't like a nice expensive Swiss watch. This sounds like a terrible purchase. Yeah, but it'd be really cool for a Swiss watch. (laughs) Let's mark it up up on how quickly it's going to wear out. Imagine you just have a watch and then you pull out a knife. All right. Eritrea is a state of which... African nation. And again, this is... What do we even have left? I'm sorry, but... Okay. Give me something else about 1989. Three of the... Okay, Duran Duran. Great. They were around in 89. Which... Yep, okay. Uh-huh. Last... But, yep. Don't care. Then the, nothing. Beetlejuice was 88. <laughs> okay, here we go. Something that actually has relevance for 1989. And they're not even going to let me click on it. Oh, yeah, that, that, you better let me click on this. <laughs> Homer, Marge, and the rest of The Simpsons made their review on which of these shows. I literally just told you guys yes, that. Yes, you did. The Simpsons, In Living Color, Saturday Night Live, or The Tracy Ullman Show? It was that last one, right? It was. Okay. I just said that. You're I'm not going to let me click on it. Right. Answer the other. You know what? I'm done. Nope. I'm calling it All right. right here. 1989 is over. <laughs> We're canceling Taylor Swift's out. <laughs> She's already done the movie recording. <laughs> Well, I guess you should have contacted Lexicon before she did that. Or well, touring. Canceling Taylor Swift. <laughs> All right, I'm done. Look, it was fun to look back a little bit at 1989. We're going to do some more this year. We've got some different things coming up that uh, were relevant in 1989. Not they're not relevant now, but we're going to look back at some different movies and, and pieces of entertainment. Not only from 1989, but 99, you know, 94, 2004. We're going to look at those anniversary dates. And, and there may be some modern stuff sprinkling. You know how we do here at Lexicon, but... um. You know, thanks for the quiz, Torrance. I'm, I'm, I guess there was a little bit of miscommunication there. I thought it was one thing, and maybe it wasn't. But you still got the James Bond question wrong, so I'm, I'm not, I'm not cutting you any slack. On that one. <laughs> um, 
But anyway, look, I hope you enjoyed this episode. Please come back next time when the conversation will continue. But until then, I am and will continue to be Maddie. Lexi. Dylan. And this is Lexi Concluded. Bye. Bye.